Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone, once again, you're back listening to Raw Report on Suplex Retweet Extra. Twitter and Instagram is at Suplex Retweet. Suplex Retweet Extra, get us on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, anything Android related, we're on it. So you better subscribe and get going. Uh, just released past the Undertaker Last Ride series that uh, my Saturday Draft Live cohort and new ESSR World Heavyweight Champion of the World of the podcast and world David Hockney hosted and did a stellar job of it so please go and check that out but on to bigger news than that he's back <coughs> MIA for a few weeks his hiatus is over Ross McLeod is back doing the Raw Report it's, it's the world the world's back peace is restored welcome back Ross yes I have saw the Twitter campaign the hashtag announce Ross and I'm here <laughs> you're announcing Ross yes Ross <laughs> Ross bought a house. Ross was very much enjoying the warm weather when he first moved into the house with a back garden. Ross had a lot of beer and then it started raining. So Ross had to get Wi-Fi eventually. And due to the state of the world at the minute, the Wi-Fi took about a week and a half to be put in and set up and all that. So, yeah, um, my advice here would be enjoy the sun carefully. Make sure you've got your Wi-Fi set up because when it starts raining, you will need it. <laughs> there is no back. <laughs> One but, thing I'll say is that uh, we've not been able to do a show since I managed to brush Ryan Gallagher to the side and bring the best of five sweeps up to one one apiece. We've not had a chance to celebrate that yet. Yes, I celebrated so much I bought a house, as you said. Um, <laughs> with my, my stand-in, Scott McLeod, done a great job. You and Scott, along with David and Saturday Draft Live, Keeping the extra feed going, you and Scott on the Raw Report, uh, Saturday Draft Live with you, Scott and David, you, Scott and David constantly on the main shows, you are, are just running this place. I mean, I had to take three weeks, understandable, just to kind of get my house together. But, I mean, we talked about house anyway, back to the wrestling, as a, a weekly show done fortnightly. And it's been about three weeks. I mean, I know it was... I know you slapped Ryan Gallagher like the wee prick he is right aside. Extreme <laughs> real sweep. But I mean, I was absolutely trounced by Ryan Wilson. And yet I was on here the very next day. You know what I mean? I know. Like you, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't hide your face. You know, you, you came in and was like, you know what? I got, I got, I got slapped about. I'll, I'll take that in the chin. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. They, the other two went into hiding. I think they're, I think they're fear. They are fear. They're fear. And I mean, it's been that long. I've I've been away. They've been hiding. Uh, we're on the road to Extreme Rules, the horror show. Uh, I don't know why they feel they need to call it that, but we're on the road to Extreme Rules. We've got another sweep coming up shortly. I believe it's you and Ryan Wilson. Aye, it could be. I don't know. Or is it is it you? Is it you and Gallagher? Maybe it's not me and Wilson for takeover. Uh, I will just check just now because. It's been that long since, honestly, I've been in this new house three weeks and it feels like it's both flew and dragged by, like just so much has happened. Um, 
but I'm just searching now just to see who is going to get slapped about next. I mean, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter which way it is, you know, we're going to take it 2-1 anyway, so I mean, need, need uh, not worry. I know, I know. It's <laughs> We'll win, we'll win regardless, alright? Just let, step up and play and let's just get this show going. Class but expected, we will carry on, we will get through this third pitch or raw to start off with. Billy Kay, Ruby Riot. Billy Kay wins. No surprises. Seems that Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan are going to form a tag team and they're going to go into a wee rivalry with Billy Kay, Iconics, Peyton Royce. That's that's all you can really say about that, isn't it? As it's um, Liv Morgan's obviously absent at the minute. I don't know why. It, it's set up for like a sort of okay, we're friends again, sort of thing, and then they'll eventually move past their problems. Uh, the Iconics here play into their strengths. I think the Iconics should never, ever, ever win a match like when the odds are like, equal or win a match cleanly. I like them winning when it's like two-on-one, you know, or it's a case of outside interference. They're those sort of daft wee lassies that can't actually fight. And then they use, you know, gang tactics and all that. So I quite like the fact that this is the wee rivalry they're involved in. But at the same time, it's it's not a great rivalry, you know what I mean? I think that uh, Iconics will still win the, the tag titles sooner rather than later just because of what will happen with Sasha and Bailey. But we'll top of what's happened with them later on. And they're probably living, Ruby might be the kind of first challengers to that. If it happens, it's... it's you know, I think if they need to have teams built for the eventual Bailey and Sasha split and for the Icons to go against, and I think this would be a kind of good first team to kind of build a division round. Yeah, it, it's a wee bit ironic um, that um, we, we are complaining about the lack of a women's tag division when they have a women's tag titles. Um, TNA, who have Slammiversary the day before Extreme Rules, have really been like building teams up together, like those sort of uneasy alliances. And there were rumours that for Slammiversary, they were going to have the the knockouts tag titles return. And now it's just a case of, oh yeah, by the way, it's um, it's just because we're going to do a big gauntlet match that we wanted everybody on screen. So <laughs> like, somebody's building a tag team division for a singles feud, and somebody's building single stars for tag team feuds. Any chance we could maybe just switch that a bit? <laughs> we certainly, we certainly need it. But we'll go on to the next third thing, and I wouldn't really even say it's a third thing. It was just kind of, it was filler to kind of extend a feud. It was the the six man tag with Randy Orton and uh, Team Double A against Big Show and the Viking Raiders. It was a good, it was a good solid match. Orton did some fantastic heel work. You know, these kind of highlights were shown before the respects and Dragon Angel were being third generation superstars. But the kind of bickering that's been going on between Andrade and Angel caused Orton to kind of flip. And he pulled a guard outside and he was slapping him up against the, the barricade and just grabbed him by the throat saying, you need to grow up or else I'm going to like take you out right here, right now. Get your act together and we can win this. And then they kind of, maybe with the fear got set into both of them and they seemed to gel well. Again, it's a case of unit, but obviously a bit. Viking Rangers kind of on top of them at one point, but not knowing that Randy Orton was tagged in, he got his RKO out of nowhere and pinned Eric. One, two, three. That 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 was really it, you know. 
it gets the feud continued with Big Show solidifies Angel and Andrade for their eventual match against the Street Profits, which I think we've spoke about before. There's not really much else to add. <laughs> nah, the, um, Viking Raiders at this point pretty much need some time off or a wee move to SmackDown. Um, I, I like the idea of an Andrade, Angel, Randy Orton stable, but at the same time, ever since like Legacy, Randy Orton's had these sort of stables where he has a team for a couple of weeks and then they just kind of fall by the wayside, you know what I mean? And then Orton's all the stronger for it, but where are the tag team, you know what I mean? Revival's a, a case in point there. They were sort of involved with Randy Orton when he was feuding with Kofi over the WWE title and they were feuding with the New Day over the tag titles. Um... I don't. I, I think I'd like to see maybe just Angel and Andrade split, just for the simple fact they could maybe have a feud over who gets the managerial services as Zelina, and Angel Garza could go to Two Hundred Five Live because it's got great wrestlers Two Hundred Five Live, but it doesn't have characters. Angel Garza's a character, and I think he could flourish. He's already been cruiserweight champion. I think he could flourish down there as sort of a the secondary feud under the title feud and make 205 and NXT's Cruiserweight division worth watching again. There you go, you've been... It's like, you, it's like you've not missed a beat, Ross, after being here for three weeks, still campaigning to bring 205 live under the, the Raw banner again, let us run the show and book some good Cruiserweight matches. I mean, I mean, I booked MVP and Bobby Lashley and despite Vince getting his hands on that and ruining it a wee bit, you know, things have started to pick up a wee bit for MVP and Bobby Lashley. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about MVP and Bobby Lashley at the at the end, obviously, because it's, it's it was quite a big focal point, kind of near the end of the near the, the middle of the show, with obviously the, the new title. And we'll speak about that. But the Ross, he's just mm-hmm. one man <laughs> in a one man band. I did not think that we'd be seeing Heath Slater on a WWE program again. Yet here he is getting his his last match. It's, it's final hurrah up against Drew McIntyre, which arguably he does deserve a proper send-off rather than get released. Like, out of all the folk, he is WWE's company man and he's just kind of thrown to the side. I feel like this is something that he was ultimately owed, just a way to say bye. Were you were you happy to see Heath Slater back? He, he was looking built, by the way. I don't know what it is about what CMB members get released, but they become built like Berkshire houses. He was looking... Almost very uh, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley-esque when he came back at the end of 2018 and he had that sort of built physique about him. He's looking uh, he's looking a lot more built and I was upset, you know, we got an actual match. I'd, I'd like to have maybe seen a sort of Drake Maverick style thing where it's like, it's a good match, so it's like we bring him back and then he maybe, maybe wins a contract. I mean, because... Dolph Ziggler's not winning the WWE title. You could have maybe had a wee feud with, you know, have him float about a wee bit as Dolph's, like, lackey. And then him and Dolph have a feud, and if he wins, he gets a contract. Because, as you said, he deserves a proper send-off, or he deserves to be back in the company, because he is a proper company man, you know, from the I've Got Kids to the, the getting beat up with the legends and lead up to Raw 1000 to the, the free agent, the... 
core, the nexus. He's just he's been in everything for like ten years, <laughs> and he's someone I think that deserves a proper, maybe a, like a mid card shot. You know what I mean? I uh, it was it was all even the, the promo. He was kind of it was as if it was a showcase of the actual ability that he's got because that promo he gave is one of the best promos I've heard all year. That, that the 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 passion and the seriousness about it. It was just everything. Everything clicked. He was like saying, "You've not spoke to me since the, since the bump in that, and that you said you're going to be there for me." Even, even the former goat of each sleep suplex retreat was saying he was getting. He's later <laughs> doing this because it's like, sorry, you didn't need to do that, and you're kind of happy it did. They're just gonna show them what you're missing, type thing. And by God, he did it. He put to bed. He had twenty odd kids. Saying he's actually got two kids that I've now had to look for with no job in that, and you've not been there to look for it for me when I looked out for you. It's oh, I was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, I liked um, because WWE at times when they've got something, sometimes they maybe it's like too many cooks and too many stupid ideas, or there's a stupid idea and no one wants to say no to the the I've got kids thing started is like. He, he lied about how many kids he had so he could get a job or so he could get sympathy. And then, you know, like, Rhino going, I thought you only had two kids when he's accidentally said three. And then that morphed into, oh, by the way, he's Southern, so he lives in a trailer with a big fat woman and 40 kids. And they're all ginger. Like, no. Like, like in this social media age, in this age of, you know, where you can go into Wikipedia and read about celebrities' personal lives like that, like, you know Heath Slater is married to a normal-looking, normal-sized woman. You know Heath Slater has two kids, not 105 kids. You know what I mean? Like, so I did like that this promo seemed very go out there and show us what you can do, not go out there and read this script. I was obviously, he was, he's not under contract, so he could technically just have done what he wanted anyway. Like, it's, it's time, it's like, it's like kind of gracing period. I think it's... Uh, I think it is the 18th of July, actually, when Slammiversary is, that the no-complete clause is over. And obviously, he's, uh, he said in a kind of interview with a network exclusive that uh, he's felt like he's finally closed a chapter and he's on to bigger things for himself. And ultimately, I think he will find him an impact and I feel that he will have a very reminiscent Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway story. And they could very well come back for a final couple of years or something. We don't know, but obviously, the whole point of this is we were meant to get Ziggler telling us a stipulation for the title match. Didn't happen. He brought Heath Slater instead to get under the skin, like play mind games with Drew McIntyre. Heath gets his match with Drew. Drew kicks his head off, one, two, three. That's it, and Ziggler runs away. Still don't know what the stipulation is, but we got a kind of a, a cheery bye to Heath Slater. You know, the arms were raised, the, the performance centre trainees were cheering him on and chatting his name it's just a it was a very wholesome sight to begin Raw wasn't it it was and as much as obviously it was meant to be Ziggler announcing and then he's like why would I tell you I, I really enjoyed uh, Ziggler here um, Ziggler getting his yearly WWE title match that we know he's not going to win um, although we said that about Mark Henry for about 10 years and then one day he popped up and <laughs> beat Randy Orton for the world title, so anything is possible. Um, but I did like Dolph saying, you get arrogant, I got under your skin, I now get to pick the match, why would I let you know what that match is going to be? 
and that's that. That to me makes a lot of sense. Like, why? Why would you tell them? Why? Why would you tell them what match is going to be? I think it's the performance center. I think it's too wee for a cage. I think it'll be a ladder match, just because Dolph Ziggler's won about five of them. So you know he's won Money in the Bank and he's won two Intercontinental Title ladder matches and he's he beat John Cena in a ladder match at the main event of TLC twenty twelve. So, you know, he's he's got a history of ladder match things, so I think that'll be it'll be to make it seem like Drew's in danger of losing the title. And then it just makes Drew look stronger because oh my god, he beat this guy in his speciality match, you know what I mean? Oh, well, I'm hoping it's a hair v hair match and we get Dolph Ziggler bald. I've, I kinda wanna see Dolph Ziggler bald and I'm fed up of his haircut. I've really got no interest in this match, so I think some some sort of funny stipulation will kind of make it for me. It's just it's it's no it's no working for me in the feud. This is um, this is something see uh, like a Baron Corbin, who is a, like a heel heel. He is a proper shithead, and no matter what, he can make you hate him. No matter how many times he wins or loses, he right. is someone not affected by loss. However. And that, this is when Sammy's aim uh, first got drafted to the main roster. This was a concern I had because Dolph Ziggler was a face and he kept losing. And everyone's like, ah, oh, but Dolph looks good in a loss. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he loses. And then it just got to the point everyone get sick of him because he wasn't winning. So then no one believed in him. So now, even even last year, um, he had a good ma- two good matches with Kofi Kingston over the WWE title. But I seen a review that summed it up perfectly. It would have been a lot better if we could actually believe Dolph Ziggler was a threat, and that is the thing. For however many titles Dolph Ziggler consistently wins, you just you never believe that he's actually going to win the title. He's just that guy for filler, mm-hmm. isn't he? He's a good he's a good guy. He can put on a a decent match for you. It'd be kind of enjoyable, but it's the it's, as you said, it's the same it's the same shtick over and over again. It's a bit I'm a bit fed up. With it. I don't know. Honestly, put me in NXT. I always be a bit fresh and it'll seem a bit different, even though it's, it's no really. But like, you could have if you Dolph Ziggler would be a, an amazing NXT North American champion. But the matches he could put on with that, it'd be enjoyable and like he could just be so passionate about it. But regard main roster, I have no interest in Dolph anymore. I feel like I've lost kind of faith. No, nah, I, I kind of get sad. Me and uh, a friend of mine, Chrissy, uh, from outside the podcast, we used to we used to watch every WWE pay per view together, and it, we used to like, tag each other. Dolph Ziggler memes like could sell ice to Eskimos, could sell tourists on Scotland, you know, shit like that, like just daft things. Because Dolph Ziggler was like just the internet darling before internet darlings become a thing. But as you said now, just there's so little. In, like I, I still have a soft spot for him. I, I still pop when I see him. I still hold that tiny wee glimmer of hope. I think I'm the only person that thinks he's going to win. It, it's me and Ryan at Extreme Rules, by the way, in the best of five. I I would like Dolph Ziggler to win. Am I going to bet in a sweepstake when we're going up against Ryan's? Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not. I made the mistake. I bet on Gargano, who's now lost at thirteen takeovers. Am I fuck betting on Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> Although I have a, I don't know if it's this one or if it's at SummerSlam. But I think around about September is when you'll start getting crowds back at WWE again. 
I don't know if they're going to have Drew lose the title to win it back, like in front of a crowd. But it wouldn't surprise me. I, I can't see it being Dolph Ziggler. Um, maybe a Baron Corbin or a Randy Orton or something like that could take it off him for like a wee month, but not a Dolph Ziggler. Here's something to think about, right? If I said to you, what has Dolph Ziggler done in the past three years? You'd be like, nothing. And yet, he has won... He's won the US title in the tag team. Tag team, yep. he? Since December 2017, Dolph Ziggler's won the United States title, the Intercontinental title, and held it for three months. The Raw tag titles and held it for... I think he held it for about three months as well. He held the IC title and the tag titles at the same time, I believe. Um, he has held the tag titles with Bobby Roode as well. He has been in the main event. He was number 30 in the Royal Rumble 2018. He was in the main event of the WWE title match at Fastlane 2018. He was in two WWE title matches last year against Kofi Kingston. He was in a featured WrestleMania match this year against Otis. And he is now currently in the WWE title feud. And yet because for so long he has been underused and underbooked and just used as a guy that loses all the time, that you just kind of forget about him. You just kind of tune out when he's in the picture because it's a case of, well, he'll lose it eventually. And that that's the attitude people have towards Dolph now and I think it's quite sad. It's still his own doing though because of how, how he was treated and the kind of the time before that, like they could have capitalised on him like so much, he he could easily be like a five time plus world champ. He is that good, but because mm-hmm. he was just there doing nothing, then obviously he realised that they were doing nothing. They're having all these contract disputes. And they'd sign on for a bit, and then they'd be near the time he would negotiate, and then they'd come back and all that. So he's kind of they messed him about, and in turn he's messed him about. There's probably a bad. It's probably a bad kind of relationship they have, and maybe WWE's like, "Well, we'll give you what you want," but fans will be fed up with you, and we'll just prove our point. But Dolph's like, "Well, I'm in the kind of bit I want to be at, so I'm fine." So they're Dolph, kind of both trying to be pricks, but they can't seem to work it out. Yeah, like for ages, people have said, like I believe even Cody Rhodes has mentioned him, like if Dolph Ziggler went elsewhere, he'd be a megastar, and I, I fully believe he would be. I think <laughs> someone said, <laughs> I seen a tweet once, and it said. Kenny Omega is just Dolph Ziggler if he went to Japan instead of stayed in WWE and fucked Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dolph Ziggler is possibly the best wrestler in the world. And it's just, it's so wasted. Look at any, like, if you just take it on a match, like on the match itself, not the storyline, not your investment in the character, not the chance that Dolph Ziggler will have of winning, just the actual match itself. Dolph Ziggler puts on great match after great match after great match. And it's just, it, it's wasted. And that's, don't get me wrong, like Mark Henry for years was wasted. And I mentioned to him earlier, one day he popped up and beat Randy Orton. Maybe Dolph Ziggler one day can have like a, a Hall of Pain style renaissance. But for Extreme Rules, uh, Drew McIntyre's winning. Dolph is doing some good heel work at the minute. I like the fact he brought back Heath Slater, but to be honest, I'd rather see Heath Slater and Drew McIntyre at this point than Dolph Ziggler Drew McIntyre. It's just a very, very sad state of affairs with that man. We'll 
We'll move on to brighter pastures with a women's title picture. We'll kind of go over the couple of matches. Carrie Sane's back after all these kind of rumours that they were, she was going to retire and be made a WWE ambassador in Japan and kind of do the talent relations work and kind of get the brand kind of moving over in uh, Asia. They've brought her back in a contest. She didn't have a really, really good match with Sasha Banks. Obviously, that's ended in a kind of a no contest after she was about to tap out. Sasha Banks with Bailey came in and just jumped the ring and attacked her, and then Asuka came, and then it was all all blows. It was all go. It's just the the, the usual stick. Uh, a loss wouldn't have done Sasha Banks any good, but if they won, then they went, oh, buddy, Kyrie again. Yeah, well done. Are you happy to see Kyrie back? Um, um, just just a wee thought we mentioned a couple of months ago on this show that um, like Kyrie should maybe go up against Bailey. If she moved to SmackDown, she'd be the perfect person to take the title from Bailey. Um, the Nikki Cross feud sort of a, a nothing thing for Bailey at the minute. I'd have liked it if they maybe that was the feud. You know what I mean? Like next week, there's a tag team title match between the Kabuki Warriors and the Golden Role Models for the tag titles. I'd have liked it if maybe they did like winner takes all sort. Of where they could have just maybe done, you know, Kyrie and Asuka versus Sasha and Bailey. Winner gets all the gold. Because the Nikki Cross thing does nothing for me, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, they're, it's just the same position. This is the, a lot of extreme rules is just filler up until SummerSlam. You just need something to kind of tie it going, obviously. They've got a good programme going out with Braun and Bray. That makes sense. Ask a Sasha and Bailey in a case just something to kind of tide over. Ask a um, Apollo Cruz MVP. We'll talk about that in a bit, but that's quite a good continuation of stuff that's been building for a wee while. Obviously, Drew's kind of filler. It is just like a, it is a B pay per view at full time, and it's just a way to get to get money at the end of the day. And you're never going to really get in that interesting about this time. Yeah, it, something I will say is I, I'm glad Kyrie's back, but I think she needs a way for Asuka because as soon as Asuka Becky Lynch started, that's when Kyrie's stock started to fall. She was basically like the fall guy for Asuka. She would be the guy that would go up against Asuka's opponent, get beat, and then while that person was celebrating the win, Asuka would attack them or hit them with a mist. And then she just sort of fell away. She was sort of just Asuka's pal. Uh, it happened during the Nia Jax feud as well. She was just sort of the guy to get beat up. Um, I'd like if she maybe went to SmackDown and I don't know, maybe had a feud with Bailey there for the title. It, to me, it looks like Asuka's winning against Sasha on Sunday. And then I don't know if it's going to be against the Kabuki Warriors or if it's against the Iconics or if it's against Bliss and Cross. But they're going to lose the tag titles and either Sasha's going to turn face when Bailey attacks her or Bailey's going to turn back face when Sasha attacks her and they're going to feud for the SmackDown title at SummerSlam. Uh, it's definitely going to boil over the, the tag belts but the, the main event of the show you have Asuka, Bailey, Champion versus Champion. A wee 20-30 minute match and by Christ was it good after I really enjoyed watching it. I watched the highlights to begin with I even enjoyed the highlights so much that I actually went and just watched the full match. And I don't really do that 
that much. You just kind of just watch the highlights and that's it. But this match was this match was phenomenal for me. Obviously, I had the wee the wee interference by the woman you're not liking so much. You, you mentioned Nicky Cross. They kind of got a distraction that allowed Asuka to get the win here. But this is just a good what I mean event for a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that I don't like Nicky Cross. It's just the, the sort of feud, like with Asuka and Sasha being on both brands. Like Sasha is a SmackDown star. She's challenging for the Raw title because she's won the tag titles. Why can't you know a Raw star challenge a SmackDown uh, women's champion just because she has the title? Um, and plus, I think like it's, it's going to be another loss for Nikki Cross. You know, her and Bliss have lost quite a bit recently. It just it, for me, it does nothing for me. But I really enjoyed the match as well. Um, Asuka again, you know, I think she's only had one loss since she since she won the title at Money in the Bank, you know, in that tag match, and it was just because Sasha got lucky with her roll up. Asuka back to winning ways, it sets up a tag title match, and it'll be interesting to see where they go heading into Extreme Rules next week. It'll definitely give us a reason to be, other, other than the fact that we need to review it, <laughs> uh, to be tuning into Raw uh, for the tag title match. I will say, just a kind of weird side, obviously we were a bit worried with Bruce Pritchard coming in to kind of have full creative control, but see Raw, since he's came in, I've really enjoyed it. Everything that's kind of happened made sense, and I didn't yes. think I'd be saying that. Yeah, what, what I will say is there's no um, mediocrity on the show. There's either it's really, really good and it hits home, or it's really, really bad. Like, And... As you said, the goods outweighed the bad at the moment. You know what I mean? There's either been Raws where it's like, oh, that was okay, or it was Raws where that was really good. You know what I mean? Hi, Bruce Pritchard, well done. Thumbs up for me. Well, we'll move on to my favourite man of all time right now, the Messiah of Monday nights, Seth Rollins. He was invited out onto the Kevin Owens show which is, I was rather surprised that this was even a thing because Kevin Owens is elected to opt out of tapings because of this, the positive cases of coronavirus at the Performance Centre. But he's came back, now he's came out that there's like 10 odd, 10, 30 cases of coronavirus have come again. So like it kind of defeats the purpose of because he went away for that reason. But we'll digress, you know, as, as well as Kevin Owens is back interviewing Rollins and they're talking about how well I, I beat you at Wrestlemania I was like ah but you sacrificed yourself to get that win and you broke your ankle but look I've flourished since then but Kevin's like oh but you've lost he's like ah but I've still flourished what have you done Kevin you just broke your ankle mm-hmm. very 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 fair and yeah then, but it's oh, echoing everything sorry it's echoing everything you've said since before Wrestlemania Seth Rollins will lose but Seth Rollins will prosper for the loss where does Kevin Owens go? And it's very true. Seth said it. Jack said it first. But, you know, Seth said it on Raw this week and it hit home. I am the eat, sleep, suplex, retweet messiah. That's that's what it is. I'm, I mean, I always <laughs> just like to look into like a, a crystal glass ball type thing. And just, I mean, I, I just know it, it. When it comes to, like, kind of this kind of religious Baptist kind of talk, me, me and Seth, they go hand in hand. <laughs> yes, I often, I often think holy something when I look at you, Jack. Um, <laughs> like this. 
so I uh, then Rey Mysterio comes out and he's like oh I'm medically cleared and we're having this uh, tag match and it's going to be me and, it's going to be me and Alistair Black against you and Buddy Murphy but Alistair Black's nowhere to be seen and uh, Seth Rollins is kind of like oh that's such a shame or oh, whatever we're going to do and then Kevin's like well I'll come in I'll help so we get a tag match we get is Rey Mysterio and Kevin Owens going up against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and I've decided that the winner of this match is another right to choose a stipulation because that's not being done in our last year, does it, Ross? <laughs> no, no, it's not being done at all. It's um, it is something though that is quite like maybe a pick your poison sort of thing. You know, <clears throat> they used to do it all the time where one guy would pick one person's opponent and one guy would pick the other person's opponent. Whoever you know won, or they do like beat the clock challenges, and when I go to pick the stipulation, so I do kind of like that. I don't like the stipulation that was chosen, but we'll get into that and be sick. So I, I say we get this tag match and it's a as a proper good tag match. You know, it Owens plays up his his injured ankle from what he broke. Uh, Rey Mysterio was obviously he's got his mask with his eye covered up in that. But uh, Alistair Black makes an appearance and it appears that he's been jumped from Buddy Murphy and uh, Seth Rollins before even the Kevin Owens show. And the hope that they'd have the advantage, not thinking that Kevin Owens would step up. Obviously, Rollins offered Kevin Owens a chance to join his staple, even, and that was kind of even more of a slap in the face that you used to do one at WrestleMania, but you're still beneath me, type <laughs> thing. You know, what I mean, that was that was amazing. But something that Scott's echoed quite a bit the past few weeks. Where's Austin Theory? Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know if he's opted out of the tapings or if he's injured or. Who knows what's going on? Um, I know um, it was a, a Paul Heyman project, but a lot of people wanted to maybe send him back to developmental. Uh, and I don't know if maybe with Bruce Pritchard taking over, he's decided, right, I, he's gone back to developmental. Hi, well, the, the, it's, a, it's a shame. I, was, I, liked, I liked the triple staple hang, but we'll... I'll digress and we'll move on. Mysterio pins Murphy to win the match. And the kind of... Mysterio takes the microphone as... Uh, obviously, Dominic... I'll say, I'll say this before we get on. Dominic pokes... Well, pokes or rakes Murphy in the eye and temporarily blinds him. And then the corner is going, oh, an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye. Uh, Mysterio gets the pin after the 6 one thing and that and Rollins is consoling him and he's going, oh, my eye. And he goes, well, what do you mean your eye? Mysterio picks up the microphone and goes, I've, I've always been writing what I've said. Seth, it'll be an eye for an eye, and you'll find out extreme rules. And we all seem kind of perplexed. Dawn's kind of perplexed. Rollins has that vacant look. Then it's confirmed in WWE.com a day later that the match will indeed, it will indeed be an eye for an eye match where the winner will pull out the other person's eye. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> do you remember um, like see back in the days of HMV and all that um, and you used to see obviously be all the old WWE pay-per-views and then there'd be these really really shitty knockoff, like trying to fill the void of WCW and ECW wrestling promotions and there, there's one stipulation that just sticks with me and it just sounds it sounded so ridiculous and yet it sounds tame in comparison to this. 
it was a two out of three falls match, a brother versus brother match, and the loser would be buried alive by their own mother. And <laughs> I, I know I, I I'll try to look for it online and find it next week and tell you where to go to watch it. But it was it it stuck with me for so long. It was like brother versus brother, and if it gets to a third fall, the losing brother will be buried alive by his own mother. And it was just so stupid. And yet, somehow, it sounds more realistic than I'm going to rip your eye out of your head. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so obviously it's been it's been echoed quite a bit on Twitter that AEW have done some sort of variant of this match. But that wasn't literal eye for an eye, <laughs> throw it out your socket type thing. I was just like, you know, try and maim them, try and blind them a bit. This stipulation is literally, you've got to pull the other person's eye out. Like... What, what, what are you meant to do with that? How are you even meant to fake that? I, I don't get what's going to happen. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to watch it. But how, how is this going to? How is this going to end? Like, if, if Ray, if Ray loses, he's just going to have like a mask that covers up both his eyes. He literally can't see anyway. Is he going to be blind for the rest of his life? Is Rollins going to have an eye patch for the rest of his wrestling career? What's what's actually going to happen? I always laugh at the. Uh... It's always in these shows like, like I, I quite like superhero shows, and it's like Arrow and Flash, where they have all this technology, and oh, my hand's been chopped off, but don't worry, this billion dollar company just happens to have developed a fake hand that works as well as your real hand, and they get given it for free, or oh, I lost, I, I was shot in the spine, well, it's okay, we've got a chip that can go into your spine, and you can walk anyway. And it's just these it's it's just these stupid fucking things that keep the plot going so you don't have to deal with a character with one arm or a character that's crippled. I don't know how the fuck you get around that in wrestling. Like <laughs> is Vince McMahon got an applied science division. Most billionaires do. Bruce Wayne has one, Lex Luthor has one. That he basically just has a, a prosthetic eye that he'll just give to Rey Mysterio or Seth Rollins. Like, what is the point in this? I, I don't know about that. I'm just, I, I cannot wait to watch it. I think it's going to be amazing. I think the match, the match will be amazing in itself. This is this is probably the most anticipated match I'd say for the for the horror show Extreme Rules. I don't know. I don't know why it's called that. But it's a stupid name. But anyway, it's it's a. Uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see if this will be Rollins going on his leave to look after his pregnant fiance. I don't know if it's a. A way of writing Mysterio off TV, so it's been reported that he's working not under contract because he's been on a pay rise. So I, I don't know. It's it's perplexing me, but I cannot wait to find out the result. Do you know my dream scenario here? Go on. It ends in a no contest, right? No one loses the eye. No one has to do the stupid stipulation. And at SummerSlam, we get custody of Dominic Ladder match to Seth Rollins versus <laughs> Rey Mysterio. I think that would be brilliant. I thought you were about to say ends in no contest because they both ripped out each other's eyes and they, yes. can't, and they can't do anything. The first ever I'm literally blind fold match. 
Oh, but aye, stupid as a side, we'll kind of get on to our, our last segment, and it's about the United States title, and obviously we've left this the eggs with a rather, a rather big thing that's happened. We have got a newly revamped United States title. They kind of split our podcast chat into two. I'm on the side that I really do enjoy it, but then you've got like Al McLucas and his side, he just absolutely hates it. He thinks it's worse than even the 24-7 title, for example. He says it's the worst title in the company right now. What's your thoughts on it, Ross? Um, I know, um, would you call it, I know Kwaku also wasn't a fan of it. I know David Hockney was a fan of it. Um, I'm going to be on the side of I don't like it. I, see, see the Intercontinental title? I think that looks, and David thinks it looks like something out of a video game. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, I've, I've never played it but it looks like some orbit of that video game and when I seen that I thought ah, actually it kind of does look like that but at the same time to me the Arconel title looks sort of like a world title see the way the AEW title has the main plate and then two sort of wee half plates that's kind of what the Arconel title's got and with someone like an AJ Styles holding it it looks amazing I cannot see anyone holding this title where it looks good. Um, something Strack said about the title, WWE doesn't know how to do subtlety anymore. And I think that's echoed in the fact that both the world titles, the WWE title is just a big, massive company logo. And the Universal title is just, again, the big company logo. But the colour of whatever brand it's on, so it was red on Raw, it's blue on SmackDown. And that this just kind of confirms that point, like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Uh, I know we fantasy book a lot, but had I take no, have I do it, fuck's sake, it's easy for me to say, <laughs> if I take over WWE tomorrow, I would change just about every fucking title. <laughs> we see that, I quite like it because it is rather big and it's rather exuberant. That's exactly what America is. Right now, it is outlandish. It is kind of out there and that's exactly what that title is. It personifies what you think of America being, you know, the big ego in the background, United States champion, a big, bold, capital letter context. It's absolutely front and centre and so poignant. It's so personifying to the point you look at. If you look at someone and they're holding that, you're instantly drawn what that is and that's exactly what America seek out to be and I think it's just perfectly done I mean you, you say that symbolises America and you look at that and you think America, do you know what else you see and you think America the American flag which was basically just the design of the last US title and I I really like that title so um, it's a no I mean, me. don't, don't get me wrong because I do prefer the old title but I'm not I'm not against this Change, the new yeah. also, they need they want to have something of their own for their own era. Obviously, I think there's I think Quacko mentioned that there's no that's like all titles that are from like the Ruthless Aggression era and all that have just been vacated. That's it. Like, they don't exist anymore. As everything that's out now is mm-hmm. all new titles. So as a way of saying bye to the past, which is probably maybe needed because with all the other titles being changed, not the US title looked out of place, but it didn't seem to fit in properly something to me um, that that does baffle me with WWE at the minute um, they like to 
brag about how long they've been about for and the history and, you know, the people that have held the WWE title, like, you know, The Rock, Austin, Michaels, Hart, Warrior, Hogan, Savage, you know, they, they like to list all those people. And yet at the same time, they're constantly, you know, th- their tag titles have existed since 2002 and 2016, respectively. Their women's titles have only existed both from 2016. Uh, the Universal title is a completely new title from 2016. The Cruiserweight title, again, 2016. The the North America... Oh, things, things like in NXT you could maybe excuse because obviously they are a newer brand. But, like, it's... <laughs> I don't know, it just, it seems like they want to have their cake and eat it too, they want to be that company with all the history, but at the same time, they don't want to be viewed as old. Hi, it's, um, I, I get what you mean, to be fair, but it's just like, it's something they probably felt the need to do, kind of write, write new history, so to speak. And uh, MVP unveiled this title of Bobby Lashley, and they were saying it was a foregone conclusion that MVP would win against Apollo Crews Extreme Rules and decided just to annoy themselves with this new belt anyway and just may as well just call the US title now but our, our good old friends, ones that we thought we may be quite hopeful under the tutelage of MVP but we, we haven't got that uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet seem to take great offence to MVP just giving himself this title and an impromptu tag team match happened where MVP still wrestled in a suit but Bobby Lashley was ready to go it was, it was a rather weird setting all together but um, it was a very good match Bobby dominating as always you know Cedric and Ricochet they seem to be gelling a bit more together MVP kind of doing his usual shenanigans and obviously Bobby Lashley and MVP get the win here but I think the kind of most important thing was something that happened after the match was in the kind of performance center, like Cedric was kind of recovering for his for injuries from the match and whatnot, and MVP's kind of playing devil's advocate, saying that oh Ricochet really let you down tonight. Like he should have been there for you. Like you you can you can be a killer like us too, but whilst we're out there killing, you're just sitting there and catering and kind of left <laughs> that kind of thought in his head that like oh he's right. Oh, I'm just really really doing on sitting Kate and I'm doing main event recently like there's no much to him so with a potential split and possibly Cedric Alexander joining the MVP stable that's got Bobby Lashley I guess you can argue Shelton Benjamin being in it yeah um, I like the idea of MVP maybe not being stuck on one brand I like MVP being like a manager that goes to multiple brands Um you know, all these clients don't need to interact, like, sort of like a Bobby Heenan thing, like, don't get me wrong, if, like, the Warlord was taking on Hulk Hogan for the WWE title, and Heenan managed King Kong Bundy, he would send King Kong Bundy after Hogan to help his other clients. You know, I, I don't mind them being brought to, but I don't think it needs to be, like, a big stable. I'd be happy if, like, Cedric went to, again, I'm, I'm bigging up 205, <laughs> um, Cedric went there and MVP managed him to become Cruiserweight Champion. If he's managing Bobby Lashley for the US title on Raw, if he's maybe scouring the ranks of NXT to find, you know, 
it was, you know, it was looking after Brendan Vick and Shane Thorne for a bit. I, I don't know where that's went. I don't know if they've went back to NXT. But he could certainly be someone who would flourish on multiple brands and then bring in people when he needed to, to help his other clients. And I think he could do that role very well. Um, but regards to the, would you call it, regards to the actual US title match itself, um, I think MVP is going to lose Extreme Rules to Apollo Crews. And I think Bobby Lashley will then get the chance at SummerSlam and that's when he'll destroy um, Apollo Crews. He'll, he'll destroy him for the title. And you know what? See that big flash, brashy, over-the-top title? You know what? I think the, the way you described it, it would look good on someone like an MVP or a Bobby Lashley because that's the that's the attitude they've got at the minute. That's the gimmick they've got at the minute. They're arrogant, brash, over-the-top people who think they're better than they are. Not just because you're you're heavy big fans, you're you're heavy simping on MVP and Bobby Lashley right now. No. Listen, I begged. It, it was mostly just to get rid of Lana. But I begged for a Bobby Lashley MVP tag team. And when I got it, I thought I was getting a WWE title run out of it. And I didn't get that. And I'm raging. So now I'll set up for the US title run. And then Royal Rumble 2021, I'm throwing my support behind Bobby Lashley and MVP. <laughs> You heard it here first. That's like a, that's an official like a stake. It's like look, sweet stake starting for our Rumble twenty twenty one already. Boy, Lashley's winning. Challenge me right now and prove me wrong. Do you remember um, Raw one thousand was also in July, and The Rock showed up to Raw one thousand in July and just went like, that. "Whoever is WWE champion at the Royal Rumble, they're going to face The Rock." And you're like, "So you've just made yourself number one contender for like next year, seven months in the future." <laughs> like, yes. Why? Because I'm the Rock, and that, that's just going to be my answer now. Because I'm Ross. It holds. It holds it, yeah, it holds no weight. Like, someone saying I am the Rock, that holds a massive weight. He is a megastar. I'm just a guy that does night shift in Asda and does the occasional podcast. Me saying I'm the Ross holds no merit. But you know what? I'm going to say it with fucking confidence. Okay. The the, the Rock says and all that. That's just all. That's all you need to do. Just like if someone pipes up and just be like, look. The Ross is. The Ross is decided, okay? It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> you should be in your kitchen and your new uh, new gaff and Haley will be all like, oh, what's, what's that you're cooking? It's like, oh, can you smell what the Ross is cooking? <laughs> yeah! I, I, I wouldn't actually shout that. I nearly burnt the kitchen down last night cooking bacon, so... Uh... <laughs> I think everyone's she had uh, people in and it was only because the kitchen started smoking I went up the stairs for a quick pee and put the grill on too high and nearly burnt the bacon <laughs> so the entire house smelt what the Ross was cooking <laughs> well that, that's the way it should be but we'll kind of we'll, we'll reiterate the point again we both think MVP is going to lose at Extreme Rules allows Apollo Crews and a lot of good defence but ultimately Bobby Lashley is going to win this belt at SummerSlam and I think it's going to be a rather lengthy fruitful reign until a, a plucky baby face for somewhere will win at WrestleMania probably like an NXT call up or something like that like now that I'm thinking about it like I don't see I think see if 
Bobby Lashley holds the title. I think he'll hold it. As you said, it'll be a long, fruitful reign. I think he may lose it to someone in the lead-up to WrestleMania and go challenge for the title that wasn't picked by the Rumble winner. So say the Rumble winner picks the WWE title, he goes and fights for the Universal. Or he holds it all the way to WrestleMania and then gets beaten by someone like a Ricochet or something like that. I could see the thing is I could see about that is say say after WrestleMania, for in some way, right, Roman Reigns is back and somehow becomes a Universal Champion. You can just see Bobby Lashley being that kind of guy that will be the first challenger, and you just know he won't win, and that'll be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That's all I can kind of see him as right now. Whereas I can see him being a like a proper good US Champion. You know what makes me laugh? Um... They did the whole, when Bobby Lashley came back, obviously he had some horrendous feuds with likes of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the whole Lashley sisters things. And it was it was dog shit. Um, but <laughs> he then beat Roman Reigns and like was built as this big match that, you know, the Battle of the Spears. And then the next night he gets beat by Roman Reigns in a rematch and they go, oh yeah, by the way, that's Roman Reigns number one contender. And you're like, hold on a minute. It's it's technically one one. Like, and he beat Roman first, so technically he should be the number one contender. But lo and behold, that didn't happen. You know, just just another blight against Bobby Lashley. Blight blights on Bobby. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean that's that's a rather quick catch up on Raw this week, Ross. You know, it's a uh, we. A bit later on in the week, you know, just we're getting getting fitted into what the new new schedule and setup will be like. But it's been a been a no bad bad show. It was an overall kind of decent raw, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yes, we will be um, normal service will be resumed hopefully next week. I am uh, I've got my TV set up. I've got my Wi-Fi set up. I'm all moved into this house. Most of the boxes are unpacked. So hopefully next Tuesday we can record our normal time. We can talk about the entire show and we'll be releasing again every Wednesday, hopefully. If we don't release on a Wednesday, we will release on a Thursday. We will at least be there at some point in the week for you, unlike other shows. Aye, just just look. Actually, see if you're a fan of the extra feed. Raw Report, Saturday Draft Live. That's all you need to care about. That's it. Don't bother with any other ones, especially that anyway back to the wrestling when they eventually do appear. It's no more of your time. Keep your, keep your faith with the boys and the boys will treat you right. The boys will treat you right, the boys. You know for a fact if I'm no here, Scott will step in. If Jack's no here, Scott will step in. If we both can't make it, Scott, and he will find someone to step in. Maybe... Maybe a Dave Hockney. Dave Hockney, our current champion, been doing great things in Saturday Draft Live. The One of the only two premier shows on this feed. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, people can talk about all your special attractions. Well, no. It's been months since we've seen an Albagoo Craps. Um, and, I mean, anyway, back to the wrestling. Could we get back to the wrestling? Because... It'd be nice to have another show on this feed other than Saturday Draft Live and Raw Report. I will, I will say, in fairness to Sarah and Quacko and the Albagoo Graps, they've been doing their Wednesday Night Wars 
and that's been picking up pretty well. Scott's helped out in that as well. So we can't we can't go knock a show that is actually producing content. You know what I mean? So this is this this is all just a, against these two pricks known as Ryan. You know that's just want to put that message across across there. You know we're all friends except for them two. No, I mean MD but the Ryan's. I mean <laughs> that's what it is. It always will be. But I that's the raw report, Ross. Thanks for coming back after your three weeks. It's been it's greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. I did hope to be back last week, but unfortunately, BT being bastard, I was not back. So um, I'm sorted now. I mean, we should point out this is the first day I've been available to record, and we were in like that. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. Class. But expected. Of course, uh, of course. It, it goes over saying. Of course, and of course, you holding down the fort staunchly as usual. You and yeah. Big Staunch Scotty, just class but expected. The the extra feeds gallon of you and all that. This has been Jack Graham. This has been Ross McLeod. You've been listening to the Raw Report. Catch us next week for a normal service, but we'll resume. Bye.